you know, the only way things are going to move ahead um, or we're going to get new ideas or new processes is by sharing, right? And and someone else is going to take a little bit of your idea or a little bit of someone else's idea and put those together and they're going to have a different thought on how to do it. And hopefully they're going to share also. Hello, innovators. I'm Todd Wyant and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast presented by Applied Software Great Tech Group. You're invited to join our conversation to model the future of construction innovation and the digital transformation adventure of this great industry. My guest today is Rob Bonificio. He's the owner and operator of Bonifab Custom. For the last eight years, he has been teaching college level trades, machining and welding, as well as sharing trade content to over 250,000 followers on social media under the handle Bonifab Custom. Welcome to the show, Rob. And apologies if I butchered the last name. Did I, was I anywhere in the ballpark? <laughs> yeah, no, you're okay. close. That's, good. That's close enough. <laughs> how, how do you actually say it? Uh, Bonifacio. Bonifacio. Bonifacio, okay. yeah. I like it. I like it. So how did you get into the industry? Um, well, it was a long time ago. Um, I actually had an opportunity to uh, work in the trades when I was uh, about 19 years old. And then I luckily I took that opportunity and it was as an apprentice mold maker, which is um, basically the high end on machining side. Uh -huh. And um, I got into that and um, I had this opportunity and then I just went with it. And ever since then, it's been about 30 years um, in that type of uh, industry uh, with fabrication, machining, welding, um, all kinds of uh, things like that. And then I basically did it on my own after that, after I did my apprenticeship and the rest is history. Yeah. So what about it gripped you at, at a young age to say, yeah, this is, this is not only pretty cool, but I, I really want to make a career out of it. So I was to tell you the truth. So I really started looking into it. Um, I was, um, a semi-professional motorcycle racer at one point when I was young. And um, if you know anything about motorcycle racing, it gets expensive because there's a lot of parts that are custom made. And I kind of used this to my advantage when I was looking into the trade that I could do this inexpensively um, if I learned the trade, how to make things, mm -hmm. right? So... That's that's really what I did. I, I kind of got into it because I wanted to build parts for myself. Um, and the only way to do that um, was to kind of learn the trades. So because I did that, I was able to do a lot more racing and uh, build my own parts. And what happened after that was, you know, I started building parts. I was working for somebody. And I got good at making parts and, you know, people were looking at, you know, he's, he's racing, he's good at, you know, he's good at racing. Uh, what's his advantage? So it was all my parts I was making, um, among other, other things. So I started um, making parts on the side, kind of like it was my side job. Mm -hmm. And then eventually just got out of control. So I ended up, you know, buying my own machine, put it in, in into my garage 
and I was building parts on the side. And then eventually, you know, years later, I was just, you know, so busy with, you know, building my own parts and things like that, selling them, that I ended up, you know, quitting my job and build and uh, starting my own company. And uh, that's what I did at first was basically build uh, motorcycle parts uh, for a living. Interesting. Very cool. Yeah. So do you still get out and, and race? I probably the last time I've been out was uh, about three years ago. And I went with my son-in-law and I actually crashed at, uh, there's a crash, there's a, um, a track in Canada in Toronto, Canada called um, uh, Mossport. And it's really fast course and I actually crashed there and then nothing happened I didn't hurt myself or anything and uh, I just after that I was like yeah maybe I should uh, stop the racing and and the track days and things like, like that so I kind of after that we got more into something a little bit safer uh, go-kart racing so you nice. know I could still build parts and we can still have fun so I got more into that and that's about what I do now there you go. Nice. Yeah. At least you have an outlet of some kind still. That's right. Yeah. It has to be something, right? I like it. I like it. So you get a new project. Walk me through what, what's your process? Because I've seen your, your work on Instagram and it's amazing what, what you can do. Right. So I'd love to kind of hear the that journey of, of process from getting the new project all the way into to finishing. So I like to especially if there's an issue. So say if I'm, I'm trying to figure out something, how I, go, how I go about it, I'll do some research. And instead of kind of like, you know, looking at someone else's, um, uh, how, they, how they kind of went through um, an issue on something they're making, um, instead of kind of taking that idea and just making it myself, which I could, I always like to come at an approach of doing something totally different. Like, mm -hmm. why didn't someone think of this way, right? So I'll do th that research. I'll, I like to do sketching. And then after my sketches, then I like to kind of develop something. Then I'll start making, say, a CAD file of it, um, uh, like a 3D thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'll 3D print it and try it out. And then once I get through that, kind of that uh, beginning process of having it physical in my hand, then it will actually make it, you know, like say, um, if there's casting involved and uh, machining and some, some other type of fabrication, I'll do it also. And that would be my, say my first off prototype. Interesting. Well, what's your, your favorite part of that process along the way? Um, it's, it's doing the prototype and hopefully having it work. That's, that's my, my, uh, that process or that end result, um, not the production, but the, like the prototype and kind of figuring that out is like, you know, that's what I look forward to. Yeah. Really. So like bringing all the ideas to, to life in that. Right. To seeing early. a real physical, yeah. Like seeing it all come together and, and kind of work out hopefully. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, you, or not, you, you learn from it. <laughs> right. Right. And that's, and that's what it is. You know, I kind of over-engineer things. So, um, uh, so that I wouldn't have as much failure. Um, so I kind of, I give it a lot of thought and sometimes uh -huh. even coming up with a project, um, or thinking of a process, um, 
you know, if I can't think of it right away, I like to give it some time. And it's always on the back of my mind. And it always seems uh, seems to be uh, like to work out that if I give it that time, I come up with a better solution. You know, I don't know what it is. It's subconsciously I'm thinking about it, mm-hmm. but it seems to work out like that if I give it some time. Mm. So that's really interesting. Uh, how, how do you uh, maybe dial back the pressure then of having to get it, you know, quickly uh, on like you're you're on a deadline. You're, you're trying to just kind of cram right. it in and, and make it work as fast it's- as you can, but still have a good product then that would require no sleep. <laughs> I I once had this project. I, I've never... Uh, so I got this job to do some mandrel bending. So mandrel bending is a type of bending of, say, a tubing that you're supporting the inside, you're supporting the outside, so you don't get any kinks in the tubing. Mm-hmm. Now, at the time, I've never done mandrel bending, but I took on a job of mandrel bending a certain project. And, um, I always liked that. I like that, you know, uh, that trying to overcome something I've never done. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, because of that, you know, and this was a big task. So, and, um, it, I was on a, on a timeline too. And basically I just, um, it was like no sleep for like three, four days, honestly trying different things to try and get this thing to work uh, because I, I made the, I knew the concept of it, but the actual, uh, the specifics of it, nobody could tell me or I couldn't find because no one did this type of bending before. Mm-hmm. So I had to just, you know, uh, trial and error. That's just what it is. And I just kept at it, kept at it. And finally, thankfully it came through. So it, it actually worked in the end. So, which was good, but I, I did almost give up, but I, but I, Giving up was not an option. That's just, so I just had to do it. So right. when, when it comes down to it, like I've been known to not sleep, which is not good for you, but I've been known to like work many hours, long hours to try and get things done, projects and things like that, you know, so. Yeah. So what sparked your, uh, your, your desire to really share your, your passion for the trades with others across social media. Cause I think that's, it's really cool. One of the, um, kind of things that I, I say a lot is there's a, a marketing problem here in construction because a lot of people aren't doing what you're doing of sharing all that cool stuff that's going on and, and what you're actually doing on a day-to-day job. So what, what really sparked that, that desire to share? So it's, it's really simple. It's, um, because other people aren't sharing and I couldn't find the answers to what I wanted, mm-hmm. right? Uh, certain processes and certain things, how to, how to make things happen um, uh, in a fabrication sense. Um, that sparked me to share more, right? So I was like, well, there's no one else doing it. Why aren't they doing that? So the only way things are going to move ahead um, or we're going to get new ideas or new processes is by sharing. Right. And and someone else is going to take a little bit of your idea or a little bit of someone else's idea and put those together and they're going to have a different thought on how to do it. And hopefully they're going to share also. And that's just going to make uh, make things 
progress um, sooner and faster, right? The more mm -hmm. we can share and the more we can um, share. I, so I thought that what's the best way of sharing that's, you know, free and uh, really brings the world, you know, makes the world a smaller uh, place uh, is social media, right? So I've never done it before up until about two and a half years ago. Um, and then I just, you know, took it upon myself to start sharing and meeting people and putting out my ideas and my thoughts and stuff like that on processes and stuff. And it really, um, and it, it really, uh, expanded kind of my, my thoughts on how to share and stuff like that. And like that, after that, I, I really promoted to students that I had and they, they, did the same things right so i don't know i think i think that's really what motivated me is to kind of because no one else is doing it yeah yeah i love taking action into your own right. hands there what's the what's the um reaction been and, and the response been with you know you, you said there wasn't a lot of people sharing what you're actually sharing so have people been reaching back out to you of like hey Yes. Thanks so much for, for posting this. this is exactly yes. what we were wanting. <laughs> yes. You, you'll, I, and the majority of it was all positive, but you always get that little bit of, you know, negativity. And um, at first it kind of bothered me a little bit, but um, I had a friend of mine that was into the social media and he said, well, you know, that's a small part. Don't, don't make those things uh, drive you down or not, or stop sharing. Right. And that's all it is. I'm just sharing, yeah. right? That's I'm not um, putting my opinion out there, or saying I'm I'm the right, I'm I'm the best, and what whatnot, right? So um, once you get over that, you know the the little bit of neg negativity, as long as that but doesn't bother you, then uh, the rest of it was great because there was a lot of uh, people reaching out and wanting to know how to do things and wanted my opinion on certain things, which was great. You know, so and I, I did the same thing. Yeah. I wanted to know. I followed people that were had the same same interest and tried to, you know, promote those things, too. Right. So. Yeah, very cool. I, I'm always amazed that, that the people that really do go very negative oh, yeah. on social and uh, attacking for somebody's opinion. You're like, that's yeah. just their opinion. You don't have to agree with them. <laughs> you don't even have yeah. to follow them if, if yeah. you don't like them. <laughs> it, just. Don't follow them. Yeah, and move it's, on with it's your actually life. <laughs> very sad. I, I, to to, and I don't understand it myself. But to to go out of your way to put someone down that you don't know, and that's putting out something just to share. You know, <laughs> it's it's crazy. Like it's crazy. It's it's a sad thing yeah. that you a person can do that. You know, but we don't know what's going on in the person's life or whatever. Like so, you know, it's best not to reply to that or erase those messages or whatever. That's what it is. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I agree. So uh, kind of take me back to those early days of, of really developing your, your social presence. You said uh, you hadn't done a lot on, on social. So what was it, it like really building that? And uh, did, did you set out to kind of become uh, an influencer on social was that the, the goal or it was, what was the it was honestly it was kind of like a like a dare thing um 
Yeah, it was funny yeah. because um, I one day I, I said to my wife, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm watching a lot of social media. I've been watching, you know, say YouTube and things like that. And I said, I'm, I, mm-hmm. I think I've done enough of watching and I'm going to start creating, you know, like start making things and sharing them just like everyone else's. Right. And she kind of laughed and said, okay, well, you know, let's see how that's going to go. Right. And I have, I have two daughters and they're not really into the social media thing. And I said, well, you know what, you know, I think if someone else can do it, I'm going to do it. I've always had that type of, uh, that thought in mind that if, you know, someone else can make this, I can make it, you know, or not as good as they, but I could do it. I could try. Right. So, um, what I did was I started, you know, my social media accounts and I, made it a goal that I would post something every day. And I thought if I'd be consistent, I'm going to post something every day and not think about it. Right. Because a lot of people, what I've found, um, that they think a lot about it and they, they think, okay, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to give up. Right. And I thought, well, I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going to post my things that I make. I'm just, you know, I'm, this is all new to me. Uh, videotaping and I'm going to keep it simple. So I'm going to do everything with my phone. I'm going to edit with my phone. I'm going to video with my phone. And if I use multiple phones, that's fine, but at least I can keep it simple by doing everything on my phone. I'm not going to spend too much time uh, doing it. And that's what I did. And Mm. about a year later of posting and posting, you know, I started getting a little bit of a following. Right. And, you know, I didn't give up. I just kept on going. And then uh, what happened was I started going viral on a couple of platforms. And I believe it's really about consistency. You putting out videos and um, and again, not thinking too much about it, kind of doing making sure that you're putting out something that say if if it has to do with me. Uh, talking about something, you can hear it well. Um, if it's something about video, they can see it well. So then people can uh, get a good idea of what you're trying to put out, what kind of social media, right? What kind of... Uh... So that's mm-hmm. what I did. And then, like I said, I, I went viral like after a few years. And then that's what got my my um, my following was because of going viral and, and, uh, and making sure that I still, um, put out, uh, good content. Right. So. Bridging the gap is powered by great tech group as a global BIM and modeling expert. Great tech is dedicated to empowering construction and manufacturing professionals to digitize and industrialize their processes to improve performance and build a sustainable tomorrow. With more than 30 years in the industry, they know how to be your partner in a world where change is the new normal and always strive to enable their customers to gain an increased competitive advantage to model the future. Visit greatech-group.com for more information. Yeah. Yeah, I love the, yeah. the freedom that you gave yourself at the start of it because I, I think that that's a, a common pitfall that a lot of people make is they they try to right. 
over engineer it and, and overcomplicate it and have to have the perfect plan. And so they, then they get paralyzed because, oh, well, is this the perfect plan? Right. Or they have so much detail that there's no way right. they can sustain it <laughs> and actually keep it going. And that right. consistency is, is huge. It's, I mean, that's with anything in life. If you want to get better at it, you got to be consistent at really practicing and honing right. your, your craft at it. So, um, yeah, yeah, no, no. no and, and I really promoted it after to like uh, students and told them, well, you know, if mm -hmm. I can do it, if I can get a following and on social media, you know, you can think of a plan to kind of get yourself going, especially as a young person, right? A young person has way more opportunity. They just have to take it, right? Um, I was kind of showing that, you know, I'm older and, you know, if I can do it with social media, right, from nothing, then as a young person, um, for sure, it's like the opportunities there. You know, I've seen it time and time again that people have made careers, you know, people I know have made careers by just being consistent, putting out, you know, uh, content and, and really simple stuff. It doesn't have to be, you know, over extravagant, right? So it's, it's a powerful, mm -hmm. it's a powerful thing. Yeah. You just got to have that you know, that consistency and that urge to do that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, why do you think it is so important for people to, to put themselves out there and share what's actually happening in the, the trades and construction more broadly? Yeah, because, um, again, without sharing, um, we're not, we won't get that innovation, right. That, um, like that change, especially like, say, as um, women in trades, right? The more we see, you know, the more people or more women will want to join the trade, right? Or know mm -hmm. that, oh, I could do that. I could be involved with that, right? And what better than uh, social media um, with uh, different ones promoting those trades or promoting those uh, careers uh, with that, right? Like, again, um, it makes the world a small place, right? We can reach ones all over the world. It's unbelievable, right? You, mm -hmm. Yeah, and you don't really notice that until you are involved with social media, right? But uh, right. yeah, it's it's a powerful thing. I just think that, yeah, yeah I just think that more people should start at, as like, um, and when I say social media, I mean putting out content that um, can benefit people or benefit others, right? And yourself, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's something really powerful about visually seeing different kinds of people doing these skills and these jobs to really kind of hit through some right. of our our bullheadedness, maybe uh, of what we think the industry is. You can when you see it, you're like, oh well, of course that makes total sense. It does you know whoever could do this. Uh, exactly. you know, same kind of job. Uh, so I think that, that, that video medium, there's right. something just so powerful about it when it's right. Right. It's shared exactly. out there in, in exactly. your face. Yeah. And on all, on planes of like, uh, of, um, trades, right. Um, I follow many different trades yeah, and, sure. uh, it is, it's, uh, it's something to see somebody putting a video out of, you know, things that are happening in, you know, in, in different traits, right. Specifically it's, it's neat. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, let's kind of dive into bringing in some, some new 
fresh blood. It's it's no secret yes. that there's a lack of skilled labor in the industry. So how do we reach people outside of the industry to convince them to come on and give construction a, a try? Um, it is, and, and again, uh, social media, but we need young people kind of promoting it, right? Because that's what's going to kind of bring people into um, that form of uh, work, right? Um, I, yeah. I think I mentioned this to you. I have a son-in-law that's in construction. Um, he builds, um, he used to be into like high-end tiling. And now he's into building uh, like uh, high-end, say, renovations, like uh, full-on you know, uh, say man caves and garages and, uh, additions right. to homes like, but that yeah. on the high end, uh, market. Right. And he's, uh, 26 years old, been doing it his whole life. And, um, those are the type of people that can help, um, young people kind of get that urge to want to get into those kind of trades, you know? Um, showing them kind of like, Hey, you know, this is, this is what you could be doing, or this is a career you could be, you could be looking forward to. Right. Um, uh, I always, I'm always trying to promote trades. Uh, we're trying, we, we struggle too, even at the college to try and get, um, people kind of, um, motivated to take trades. Right. Because we have the the um, the school system, say the uh, grade school system, that are not promoting trades; they're promoting uh, university, right? Mm -hmm. And I think if we start off there, maybe um, in the grade schools to kind of promote and and to um, inform young people about careers and trades, things like that, we would probably get more. Uh, that would be looking forward to that once they finish, you know, their high school or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, Cause I, I think it's maybe less of a, of getting them motivated to come into the trades versus breaking down the right. stigmatism that they feel that they're going to get if they go to right. trade school. Cause uh, at least here in the States, I'm sure it's similar up in Canada that there's, this weird uh perception of like oh you right. went to trade school well I, I guess you couldn't make it in college so right. you had to go to trade school and it's like this uh consolation prize when yes that's so, yeah. so no it is <laughs> why is it a consolation prize it's an equal thing you know they went to trade school or they went to college great well, you know what's it matter right. i think it's it's awesome go go into trade school there's some people that are brilliant in the trades let them yep. go be brilliant and they have a fantastic career and, and do great. So I think we, as a, a culture, need to do a much better job of, of celebrating That's that true. instead of kind of pushing it off on, on the side as something other and not the ideal right. path. Or looking, right. or path. looking <laughs> down on it or, you know, thinking, oh, cause mm -hmm. I never went to like higher education. It's, you know, it's, it's not the same as, you know going to university. Right. Um, 
Now, right. what we've noticed in the last probably five years here in Canada, like Ontario, Canada, is that we, we've had probably 50% of our students uh, come from, say, university. So they went to university, mm-hmm. um, got out of university, and there was nothing for them. So they thought, well, I got to do something. I got, I got student loans to pay. So they went back right. and they went into the trades. And uh, what, I, what I've heard is basically because there was lack of work, you know, in the field that they took in university, right? So, um, yeah. So. Sure. But wouldn't it have been nice if you had caught them, you know, right. five years beforehand and they didn't have to take on right. all that college debt and they could have just gone straight to right. trade school, not have the college debt and start their career exactly. earlier. And- yeah, exactly have a whole lot more in the bank then. (laughs) Yeah. It's not for everyone. Right. So that's it's, and, and again, we have a, so we have a couple of programs at the school. They're called, and I'm not sure if this is the same in the U S but we have a pre-apprenticeship class. So we have pre-apprenticeship, say construction, we have pre-apprenticeship welding and Mm. pre-apprenticeship machining machine shop. And what this is, is you need to have no experience at all in any of those trades, right? So we get mm-hmm. you into school, teach you from the basics, okay? And uh, we offer you um, a, a placement, an eight-week placement at the end of the course. So it's about a four-month course, full-time. And you come in knowing nothing, no knowledge. And then you come out... Um, basically having your level one in any of those fields. Um, and we give you a job uh, in that field, at least an eight-week job. And then after that, usually the students get hired on. But uh, it's a great course mm-hmm. because if you're not sure of, like say if you want to get into the trades, you take a pre-apprenticeship uh, course, which doesn't cost you anything. And uh, you learn the trade. If you don't like it, then you don't, you know, you don't, do anything with it. Right. But if you like it, I mean, you just wasted, I mean, not wasted, but you just, you just did, it was only four months. Right. Which is great. Right. And then you're in the career, right. Or in the trade. Right. Which is great. That's awesome. I love Mm -hmm. that. Very cool. What do you think is uh, uh, the biggest area that that young people should kind of think about and, and know beforehand before coming into the, the industry? Hmm, that's a good question. I would say it is a hands-on industry, right? So you have to kind of have that mindset that you're going to be doing something physical. Um, now, the extent of what you're doing, you know, uh, in regards to being physical, it depends on what the trade is. But at least have that in mind that you're going to be doing something, you know, uh, physical, uh, mm-hmm. mental, of course, but, um, kind of having that mindset, um, having the, the mindset that, you know, you have an open mind to learning new things, right. That's really important. Uh, we tell our students, um, they get, you know, especially in the pre-apprenticeship course, they, they get kind of anxious when it comes to at the end of the course, when they have to start you know, working and they think like men in their mind, they're thinking, Oh, I don't know everything. Right. 
And really, the the employer only wants a couple of things. They want you to show up, show up on time, and have an open mind to you know learning new things. That's all they're asking. They're not asking, do you know how to use this tool? Do you know how to use that tool? Do you know how to calculate this? Do you know how to calculate that? No. All they're doing is they want you to make sure that you know you're willing to work and learn new things. So having that mindset, I think, would be would be key. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think being it's a very underrated skill, and that's being able to ask a question, right? <laughs> because you're going to be found out if you don't know everything. Yeah. So don't try to hide it. Just say, okay, teach yeah. me why how do you do this why why do you are you doing this that way uh, i what i i really appreciate about the construction industry is that for the most part there's exceptions to this world but for the most part people when you take that approach are going to be more than willing to sit down right. and teach you and show you why they do it that way and, and they like being able to kind of pass on their knowledge right now you get some bad apples that are like well you should know that you know? right put those off on the side. <laughs> That's in the, the negative social uh, comments section. But uh, yeah, I think being able to ask the, the question is, is huge. Yes. It goes a long way. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Not being afraid to ask um, for sure. And that, I mean, that goes further than, you know, like um, saying, you know how to do something. If you're not sure, just looks worse. Right. And not doing right. it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I say you're going to be found out anyway. So you might as well just own it yeah. and say, hey, pull them in as, as part of the experience and, and help it do a, get a, the, the job done right. Then having to do it again because you didn't do it right because you didn't know what they, you were actually doing. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, so what does innovation mean to you? Innovation, it means uh, finding new concepts, how to do things. And it could be anything really but um like a new way of doing something a new faster better way um something that wasn't thought of or say a new material being used without uh like having having the ability to try new things um and it like i said even it comes to say materials that were never used for something um mm -hmm. or developing something that some new process right that would be yeah. more like innovation for me. Yeah, for sure. Well, how do people find out more information and connect with you? Uh, look me up, social media, Bonifab Custom. I'm all over. Awesome. Yeah. Perfect. Last question for you, Rob. If I could give you all power and you could snap your fingers and innovate one thing in construction, what would you choose to innovate? Wow. Mm. So... Probably, probably a new type of material like that I would develop a new type of material that could be used for, say, uh, construction, like housing that could be used that um, would be like structural and and cheap and available to everyone. I would like to probably innovate something like that or build something like that. Um, 
because nowadays i don't know i don't know if it's that much in the states but you know housing is crazy um like here in ontario it is Insane. out of hand like uh um especially for young ones starting out um you cannot buy a home you know it's just mm -hmm. it's the pricing uh, prices of homes are just crazy right right and if there was something some sort of material or something that could be you know, structural, that would be cheap, eco-friendly, you know, that could be made, that could be used for housing would be something that would be awesome. Now there is nothing that I know of, but hopefully <laughs> you never know. I mean, um, you know, all that stuff with 3D printing homes and all kinds of stuff like that, right? Like, you know, they're, I think they're trying to come up with things, right? right? Things are trying to, they're trying to innovate things, right? But I think it's still right. Maybe in the, the next few years, we'll we'll see something yeah. more. That you know, the three D homes that they don't look no. very good. I, <laughs> they're they're cool. It's it's really yeah, cool, but <laughs> it's, it's a con. It's a it's a neat concept. Do I think it's it's practical? Probably not. Um, but yeah. you never know. Maybe that's. Yeah, maybe and maybe, maybe those, yeah. you know, like I said, maybe them sharing that kind of thing will spark something in someone else and they're going to come up with a better idea for it, right? So um, mm -hmm. we don't know. But again, all that sharing, I think uh, good comes from it, right? Yeah, I agree. I think that's a great way to, to end it. Thanks so much for coming on the no show, problem. Rob. I really appreciate the, the conversation and your, your insights. And passion for the industry as well too. So keep on sharing. Now it's time for my Todd takes from this episode. First take, I know I'm a broken record, but why aren't more people sharing what is going on in the industry with others like Rob is? I loved his comment that he has done a lot of watching and now it's time to share. Be the change you wanna see in the industry. Second take, Two things that stood out to me that set Rob up for success was A, he allowed himself freedom to not be perfect on social media, and B, he was determined to at least be consistent and stick with it. Both of those are huge traits to learn in life, career, and especially when it comes to social media. Final take, Rob said, without sharing, there is no innovation. How true is that? Every innovation in history is literally based on someone sharing a piece of information that helped to spark another idea. So go share because you don't know what idea will be sparked next. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you are interested in learning more, you can visit our sponsor, Applied Software Great Tech Group at asti.com for more information. You can listen to this podcast anytime by simply going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our website, bridgingthegappod.com. As always, I'm Todd Wyant, thanking you for joining the conversation to model the future on the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating. Bridging the Gap is hosted, directed, and produced by Todd Wyant, edited and produced by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an applied software, great tech group production. Copyright applied software, great tech group, 2023.